met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and for tonight, um, <laughs> uh, both these phenomenal gentlemen need no introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome uh, the Cult Rejects, New York Patriot and Lux. Now then, gentlemen. What up, hey, what up? Hey. <laughs> you okay? Oh, yeah. I'm eating a donut and I'm cool. smoking a joint. Yeah, you <laughs> And I got some coffee with me. <laughs> <laughs> So, fucking, what's it? Is what's weather been like over there? Oh, hot as shit! <laughs> oh man, it's like, yeah. it's like being in a flask over here. That's what I've heard. That it's really hot near you guys too. Yeah, that shit yeah. was hot as fuck over here, and then went down right over to Lux's house. It's fucking yeah. insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Monday and Tuesday it was blazing. It was like the high nineties, and then I think what the last two days you've been sweating your ass off over where you're at, right? It's like a, it was like it moved over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then today was like the only day where it wasn't crazy hot. But the UK, right. you guys have been having crazy heat waves over there too. It's like unprecedented, right? Yeah. Well, I think it's um, it's blown out of proportion, like anything in it. You know, hmm. maybe you get a bit of wind of anything, and it's um, you know people start dying and stuff like that. But I mean, the most likely is people being really uncomfortable, but. You know what they're like. It's like anywhere, isn't it? Yeah, but you guys are also used to it being really, really cold and like kind of more dreary over there. Like, yeah. So you yeah. guys are not as suited for the crazy heat. <laughs> so yeah. it, it, even like if it's probably not that bad, you guys are like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen a recent one this morning when we got Celtic, uh, and they had an umbrella, an umbrella <laughs> at like eight o'clock in the morning. It was fucking hot. <laughs> but and that was a, an Asian person now, but they do use umbrellas, don't they? When it's hot, well, I, sensible. Yeah. I mean, I, I, out by where I am, they use umbrellas all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah, I think something to do with. <laughs> I've heard. I think it depends on kind of what belief you have. Some of them try to keep their skin pale. It's supposed to be like you know whatever. And then some of them right. just come over here thinking that whatever they breathe in and whatever light shines on is going to kill them. So then they got masks <laughs> and an umbrella yeah. walking around. <laughs> or they yeah, got like a fucking yeah. gigantic fucking hat. Like like they were just got done working off the fucking railroad that they built. Yeah. 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 That's pretty common too. And like, um, I definitely know in China and Japan, they do that a lot. I just don't understand yeah. why they use black umbrellas because black umbrellas attract heat. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, black like, shocking, isn't it? Change the color at least. It's- <laughs> you know, like a nice obnoxious gay looking yellow or something <laughs> bright and like annoying 
I didn't even mean yellow for Asian. Fuck. I didn't say it for that reason. Holy shit. I don't know. I was like trying to think, like, is that why General Lee's cracking up right now? I did not You've mean been it like canceled. that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That was like, that was some subliminal magic right there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our shit's going to go down. Like yeah, we're going to have to edit this minutes. out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> oh my god, it's probably why Lee was cracking. Oh, up so it's like, holy fuck, he just already melted in here. Oh my god. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, so, Sorry. so, um, <laughs> he got me. Uh, yeah, so, um, the addendum. I guess this is like a skinwalker addendum we're going to get to, right? Sorry. I fucked you all up, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So I guess the whole reason why we're here is for more A-Tip and Travis Taylor and just more skinwalker stuff, right? Yes, yes, mate, please. Um, yeah. I've... So much has even come, just... come about from that like e even from when we were going to originally do this a couple of weeks ago or oh, what was it last week um, yeah last week yeah I, I even feel like from the time that we spoke about doing this which was a couple of weeks ago like there's even extra stuff I mean Lux might have that now because I didn't even bother but like even other stuff has come out since then like since like we were like oh we should cover this with Travis Taylor and the and mm. ATIP and now like you've even got like more uh, I don't know if this is reality TV now but you know we got Brandon Fugles like oh I had no idea how could he not tell me and, you know dragging probably you know kicking <laughs> kicking kicking a soda can across fucking Skinwalker Ranch that motherfucker didn't tell us more. you know like, does yeah, it really fucking matter there's been some new developments that's for sure <laughs> yeah. yeah or is it all just part of the fucking play <laughs> well and it it's like it just seems like every, oops, yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, but right. yeah, it seems like every every other week it's uh, something new is coming out about Skinwalker or some new revelation or. or but it's you always notice it's like a very it's a tease, you know. It'd be like yeah, it make, yeah. they make very grand, like um, like assumption or they they try to make it seem like way bigger than it actually is, and then. You know, the whole episode could probably be shown in like two minutes instead of they draw it out for like 30, 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so a lot of like, it's just fluff. Yeah. It's almost like self disclosure in a way, I think. Yes. Yep. Yo, you know what's, you know what's insane is that you could, uh, like, you could watch, I mean, unfortunately, I think this last season was actually even worse with how much they really showed you. They're really good at repeating. Like, when they come back from a commercial break, they'll spend five minutes to talk about the last 15 you just watched. You know what I'm saying? And then yes, it had, like, you right. know, it's another seven and a half minutes, maybe, of something new. So, like, out mm -hmm. of an hour show, it's like I got 20 minutes to watch. <laughs> Recap. <But> like, <laughs> that guy called the Crusher that we had on our show. I think you go watching one episode of his is probably better than the whole fucking this last season. Might actually show you more interesting real shit. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like this last season was even, like, bullshit fluff. Or yeah, a lot of it was. showing you stuff in a skewed way. You know, but maybe, like, you know, other people might catch on what they're trying to tell you. Or the things that they're showing you, like with the Rockets, over and over again. I don't know, mm -hmm. some, something with that Rocket shit. I mean, you got Elon, you got Jack Parsons. I mean, you got a lot of weirdos who like shooting off Rockets. Yeah. Yeah. I got, um, I'll go ahead and show you this real quick, because we talked about this not long ago. Um, let me see if I can bring it up. But this is the the History Channel 
Um, I'll share this with you so you can see it. Mm -hmm. But this is the History Channel and like all of the programming that they have out now. And it's really weird because it all seems to go back to... Like, the History Channel used to just talk about subjects that revolved around history, and then it slowly changed, and now it's just really wild to see. So the reason why I'm bringing that up is because the History Channel is the... You know, they're uh, run by what's called Prometheus. And Prometheus does all these different shows... I got a bunch of different networks, and uh, that's where the Skinwalker stuff comes from. So, Prometheus, yeah, yeah. convenient name. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's you know what's funny, and the, the thing with that is, is that uh, I remember even when I was younger, I could say that like probably a, a lot of people that I knew, and probably they probably don't watch it anymore because it's fucking just old, and like I don't even know if there's written. Is there new episodes of Ancient Aliens actually? Oh, shit, yeah, there is. Oh, there is, all right. Like, I knew, like, I could say that, like, and I wasn't even, like, that much of a conspiracy theorist. I was, like, still young, you know. Um, A a lot of people I knew were, like, totally into that and, like, kind of thought that was, like, the end all of, like, whatever we watched on there. Like, you know, there's nothing else to know. It's just, you know, wonder about, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I I feel like, like that stuff kind of just dumbs down. Or not dumbs down, but kind of really doesn't, send you that much farther. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's very watered down yeah. stuff and it's very easily digestible. And I think like a lot of just normies kind of going into being a conspiracy theorist will just stay there and never make it any farther because like the way it's presented to them. Mm-hmm. Well, and it it's a, also does the job of giving you uh, some truth, some lies, yes. but because so many people think that like, the history channel and stuff like that is legitimate, they think, Oh well, this has got to be mostly the truth. So yeah. I don't know if you guys can see this here, but I'll bring it up for you just to show you real quick how crazy it is. Well, see, now that's, yeah, that's w- another whole that. thing, real quick. If you think about it, if you, if you were to take everything off the History Channel, like people who believe all that shit's legit and like the truth, and that's it, I could see how uh, people took the whole thing that just happened in the last two years as just face value and like, all right, I'll listen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Science. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I wonder how much of it is uh, CIA scripted. Probably a lot, in my opinion. But you can see, like, as we go down here, right, you got, like, the uh, ancient aliens, UFO investigations, uncovering Tesla towers, gamma ray bursts devastates Earth, you know, like, uh, the uh, Nostradamus. um, Let's see. it, It just... Ancient aliens, metallic fragments sent by ETs. Ancient aliens, mysterious engraving depicts space ship. You know, I mean, it's just it definitely getting crazier and crazier as time goes on. And it's more, like you said, it's creating like a narrative or, a, in my opinion, just a, a way to influence the public. <laughs> yeah. So you tell them about some of this stuff, but you don't tell them the truth. But people think that it's the truth because it's, it's on the History Channel. I mean, it's got history in the name. They got to be right. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, they could just yeah. put that shit on the TV. It might be a lie. Right. Oh, okay. Right. Inter interdimensional portals, ancient aliens, you know, UFOs. It just goes on and on and on. It's just, it's crazy. Anybody uh, who's more curious, go take a look at it because it's definitely taken a turn for the crazy in the last couple of years. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that before, and I have noticed it myself. Because I think uh, mm-hmm. 
for some reason, I must have watched something, and now, like, when I w- go to put on YouTube on my uh, TV at night, like, History Channel sometimes pops up, and I've actually been like, damn, it's actually... I don't know, it just seemed like it's some weird stuff, actually, for history. Con- you know, even yeah. considering what they have on there already. Yeah. Right. <coughs> uh. But it is, it's important to remember that, like, yeah, the History Channel are the ones who put on the Skinwalker Ranch show... And, uh, I mean, especially looking into Prometheus and the other shows that they have on that network or underneath of them. Are cr- but one thing that I think is hilarious is one of the channels that they, uh, that they own is the Playboy channel. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so you Playboy got, like, ancient aliens and then Playboy. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what you wanted to. You want me to go first, Lux? You want to go or whatever you have, or it's kind of up to you. Uh, yeah, I'll just show what I have real quick. This is sort of the last of the uh, the documents that I wanted to show you, Lee, and your. Uh, your oh, are these are additional documents, Lux. This is part of the stuff that we didn't get to ah, last right. time. Right. Okay. Okay. So when it comes to okay, so. Just in short, for people who might just be tuning in, if you look at Skinwalker Ranch, the show, all of this stuff that revolves around Skinwalker Ranch, it has a lot of weird connections. One, to Mormonism, and um, two, they were doing research at Skinwalker Ranch, which is this paranormal hotspot. But then when you look at the money and where it was being funneled into, they weren't researching UFOs and little green men flying through the sky. They were using that money for something way, way crazier. And it's uh, like a lot of government programs that we see. They claim that they're doing one thing, but really they're using that money for something else. So the public sees, oh, Skinwalker. They must be using that money to look into UFOs. It goes a lot darker. And this is probably some of the wildest shit that I've ever seen. Um, let's see if I can bring up real quick a breakdown of all of the different, uh, oh, here you go, all the different research programs that were underneath of this ATIP um, funding. So you got wild stuff here. You got, like, uh, laser light craft, nanosatellites, negative mass propulsion, quantum computing and utilizing organic molecules in automation technology, Space access, where we've been and where we could go. Uh, state-of-the-art evolution of high-energy laser weapons. Uh, technological approaches to controlling external devices in the absence of limb-operated interfaces. Uh, programmable matter. Uh, so it, it definitely is a lot crazier than ju- uh, cognitive limits on s- uh, simultaneous control of multiple unmanned spacecraft. So it's this like is the only a lot one that sounds than, like a UFO, and it kind of sounds like it's like their self-created one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, invisibility cloaking. You know, so I mean, it, that's just part of the list. The list goes um, uh, way further than that. So with the A-tip stuff, just to give people an insight as to what they were looking into, here is where in the declassified documents for ATIP, they're talking about DNA-based machinery. These are DNA computers that are being assembled 
where when they are damaged from uh, cosmic rays, they're able to repair themselves. So these are what they talk about, these little robots. The two, quote, the two nano walker made at Columbia University is a protein molecule decorated with three legs, single-stranded DNA enzymes, synthetic DNA molecules that act as enzymes and catalyze a reaction. Is that like um, the spider-like um, approach to nano walker looks? Exactly. So what I could deduce from this is they are figuring out different DNA-based computers that are able to go along the DNA strands and make alterations to DNA code. Fucking creepy shit. Fucking crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and this it's stuff really is uh, its nuts, especially when you look at all the things that, like, with Elon Musk has been promoting lately about these you know, new chips that are going to go into people's brains and it's going to be able to affect their behavior. It's called Neuralink. Um, and it's going to be able to, you know, answer, you're going to be able to think of a question and it'll run it through Google in your brain and you'll immediately get the answer. Um, it's even got so advanced at this part that Musk is talking about that if you are feeling down or your mood is, is, is down after they put this chip into your brain, that you'll be able to, through an application to, edit how you feel so you can because it's attached to you know neuron or neurons they're able to release more serotonin to make you feel better like this stuff is getting real real crazy and i think that this technology that they were doing back in 2003 <clears throat> all the way up until a tip funding stopped i think this is part of that research this helped them accomplish how to interface the DNA and, you know, some type of uh, AI technology or some type of computing technology, so. Yeah, that's, that's what it seems like, isn't it? I mean, here it talks about, you know, photon technologies, quantum computing, you know, space travel, quantum dots. Talking here about simple organic computing based on DNA tiles. Uh, let's see, what else here? Oh, so this is, if you look at this side by side, some other different competing like chips that are supposed to go into people's brains from different companies besides Elon Musk's company, this is literally what they, this is what they use. They put this into someone's brain and they're able to change <laughs> pretty much anything that they want. So this is uh, talks about how it, it ties into the wiring of the brain and biocompatibility for the implant period. Because what happens with some of these is apparently the skin or the, the brain will like grow around certain parts of this. And so what it does is it makes it less effective over time. And so you have to get like a new one. So this was more like primitive technology of how to do the... Uh, the scanning electron micrograph of an electrode array to be inserted into the surface of the human brain, University of Utah. Do you think? Do you think that 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 what you're saying there, like how, how it would change over time? Do you think it would damage the brain eventually? I really don't. I'm not sure too much. Uh, right, right. On like the long term effects. I know that Musk's is slightly different than this. Uh, right, but they got a bunch of different methods, but this is one. 
But yeah, I'm sure it probably could damage the brain after a while. Yeah. You know, cognitive functioning, stuff like that. I mean, to think, like, like if that was back then, what they had, the technology what they had back then, I wonder what it's like now. And so the technology that you just saw with all of the little spikes that go into the brain, that's the stuff that they've used to research, um, like, the, the animal trials. So monkeys the monkeys. and pigs. Yeah, they've right. tried this. Right. That's what they were doing back then for those types of tests. You know, one other thing to think about, I know it hasn't been that long, but now these this stuff that we're looking at, I'm assuming this is the research that was done between, what was it, 2000 and whatever to 2017, ATIP was around, right? You're right. So this actually is even like what we're looking at is what they knew five years ago. I think th- I think these are probably from 2007. So, so, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this could be even older. Yeah. So, like, even this stuff, you know, could be old to them already. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's unclassified. Or more perfected. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here it talks about some of the other stuff they were doing at ATIP, where they're able to use electromagnetic assaults. So this is how they're able to use certain frequencies to impact people's behavior. <laughs> so we're not talking necessarily about the implants anymore. Uh, this is more just general technology that they have using frequency to be able to, you know, they can blast out this certain frequency and it can make your body have a certain reaction to it. Remember remember this part because I'll be coming back to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's awesome. Because that's, that would make sense why Travis Taylor was there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they, they talk about how you know, they tried this, and uh, yeah, they're able to get pretty solid results from, you know, using these frequencies. They can make people feel um, sad, happy. They can make them feel as though they're going crazy. They even talk about how that they can implant thoughts into someone's brain because the frequency that they're using is able to, um, it's able to transmit an actual audible sound into your head. So you it's like, oh man, it talks about here how people thought they were hearing voices, but really it was like that, you know, that's how they were doing the research. And uh, talking about how people would come in complaining about this stuff, but really it was tied to the research. And so they were using it as a part of study. It's just um, like manipulation, uh, a frightening level of manipulation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're able to, apparently, so, here you go. The ability to instill instill fear secondary to above, including with those with use of messaging and RF carrier wave modulated intracranial voices through thermoelastic expansion of whatever the fuck that word is, spaces at 5 kilohertz. Ability to direct thermal effects to include direction of pain and even second-degree burns. Oh. The ability to cause frontal temporal headaches with MM waves. Pulses of RF to to disorient and destabilize muscular coordination. (laughs) It it causes a thermoelastic expansion in the brain. The ability to instill uh, cortical surface effects and seizures 
through Delta Wave EPSP and IPSP. Uh, Seizures. Mm-hmm. Loss of consciousness, muscle spasms, or weakness. They can increase your body temperature. This is just very, very scary stuff. Um, and they're all like, NY has talked about this a lot. I can't remember the name of the little area inside of your ear, NY, that has the, that's like picking up. It's like the spiral. Remember? Yes. That's what they're using to mess with people by understanding how frequency affects that. What's it called? The oh, the oh, the thing in your ear. The uh, it's like the cochlea or something. <laughs> the, co- the cochlea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it has the. Uh, it has believe it. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. In my opinion, I do question if that whole OK symbol is doing that because mm. you have three rings coming off of it, and then a. Technically, the pedo or the pedo swirl, you know, coming off the end. It almost looks like a shell. So it, it could kind of look like if you were doing an OK symbol with, like, your finger inside your thumb. Or, or it could right. even be the, the rings holding the arc if <laughs> inside your brain. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, that part's in your ear. And, and the moon can even pick up the sounds. Uh, your ear can even pick up the sounds from the moon. Scientists even say that that, that happens. Right, and here they, they break down just openly, you know, this, how they do it, what frequencies, VHF, MF. I mean, they got it down to a science here, all, all the way down to the per pulse uh, thresholds, all this crazy stuff. Weird, weird thing here at the bottom, though, it says, simple shielding, including tinfoil hats. <laughs> <laughs> will attenuate and often block the sounds and communications. Just thought that was ironic. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Remember that yeah. one time I was telling you, Lex, I was like, Did you ever, I think I like was, I don't know, I was maybe using something in the oven, and I was like, isn't it weird just how tin foil like, doesn't even like, it just kind of reflects the heat and doesn't absorb it as much. I was like, there's got to mm-hmm. be some like, something to do with like occultism, like why tin is, is you know, in in there like the, i don't know i just find that weird too yeah i mean it's i don't know if they put that in there as like a a joke or i, I don't <laughs> see how they could be really serious maybe they are serious i don't know yeah. but i just thought it was weird because you always hear that in the con- conspiracy community oh, yeah. about tinfoil yeah. hats so this is here where they get into um, and this is what I has, I think has to do with Skinwalker and, and you know, when they're when you're watching the show and you're hearing the information that they're putting out about wormholes and gateways, this is what they were researching on the ranch. I think it's still part a lot of, of the different uh, research that they're doing now. But of course, with all these different things, they will call it a tip one year and then they'll call it Yusuf next year and then they'll call it something else the next. So it's really Hard to know what the name is now. Yeah. 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 But this uh, talks all about the different wormholes that are transversible, stargates, and negative energy. Yeah. um, What'd you say? Sorry, mate. Yeah, it's... um, I think out of everything, that's 
to me, that's my most frightening part of it all, is the um, these uh, traversable wormholes, Stargates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talks all about here how it's possible, how they um, are able to detect them, and how you as a person can travel through these different wormholes into different... I mean, they don't really specify too much, but of course it's, you know, we know it's dimensions. Yeah. But they talk about it being space-time matrix, reality, like a bunch of very scientific stuff to make it kind of hard to understand what they're talking about, but you get the gist of it here because they break it all down about how they're using these stargates. So it talks here about framework of general general relativity and space-time. People can pause this if they want to. It just gets very, really boring if you like read the whole thing. So travel time through the wormhole tunnel or throat would be one year as seen by both the traveler and outside static observers. Proper time as measured by travelers should not be dilated by relativistic efforts. The gravitational acceleration and tidal gravity accelerations between different parts of the traveler's body would be, then it goes into the math, when going through the wormhole. (laughs) It sounds crazy. It does, right? It does. Travelers must not couple strongly to the material that generates the wormhole curvature. The wormhole must be treated, must be threaded by a vacuum tube through which the traveler can move. There's no event horizon at the wormhole throat. So, you know, when they're talking about it, Skinwalker, oh, I, I, we think that there's something above the ground. You know, it's like, uh, what do they say, like 75 feet into the air. Uh, the way that they describe it in the ATIP documents is that they're very small spheres. They're very no bigger than like the size of like a, I think they said it, like a golf ball. And that these, these certain gateways or portals appear or can be created and you can travel through them. So when you look at all the Skinwalker stuff and how they're claiming that there's a portal there, now we know that when we look at this document and they're talking about portals and wormholes at Skinwalker, that's what that real research was, was figuring out how to do this, figuring out how it works, not just, you know, green men in spaceships. So, um, transversible wormholes are creatures of classical general relativity theory, allowing for very comfortable travel through the cosmic neighborhood. But from the viewpoint of modern physics, the cosmic neighborhood can encompass other universes, other space dimensions, and other times beyond the four-dimensional space-time realm. Mankind has certainly not discovered all the universe, universe's facets and will need to continue to construct new experiments like te- in technology in order to verify uh, these undiscovered facets. Wormholes can possess normal or backward, in special cases, motion through time and normal or non-existent gravitational stresses on space travelers and their entry and exit opening or, quote, throats are spherically or spherically shaped, flat, cubic, cubic shape, uh, polythedral shaped, generic shaped, and so forth. It talks about here how that, you know... You know, the, the rocket stuff is great, you know, researching rockets for interstellar travel and everything. That's great. 
But really, the best way to do it would be through these wormholes. Yeah, probably a lot cheaper as well. Right. Yeah, save a lot so, more on yeah. gas, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get to go down the throat. <laughs> That's what Elon's doing. With, with his, with his penis rockets. Right? <laughs> All his rockets look like dicks. <laughs> Going for the throat. <laughs> like Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil, yeah. That's some pointer. Oh, yeah. man. Dude. Yeah. I mean, this... <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy when you put it all together, guys. Like, man. Oh man. They're they're, yeah, they're definitely yeah, up to some and like and why said this is the old stuff. Yeah. I started like, thinking about that. The... I'm like, this is actually like a few years old. Right. You know, it may not sound yeah. like much, but like you know, five years, even just five years, I think would be a huge difference. You right. can only imagine what, what the what they're doing now. Uh I don't think they've stopped. No. No. I oh, think no, if no. anything, they they will have ramped it up, especially with that. The you know the new dude they've got up there, old yeah. Brenda. <laughs> I mean, listen, <laughs> listen. Even when it comes to people that are like into researching or scientists, you do have a lot that really don't. You know, you know everything to them is just like research. Like they're almost like very uh, disassociated. So, like, e- any person like that that came across this, I'm sure, would be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, wild stuff, guys. Yeah, this is just a slideshow and the description of how they claim that uh, the, the wormholes connect to hyperspace and serious conventional space and how to t- transverse that space by using these hyperspace shortcuts of wormholes. Just crazy stuff. So, yeah, that's about all uh, I have for the last slides for that. So. Sounds good. Yeah, it's a little bit more than I think uh, the show kind of makes you think, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I think it takes into a different direction completely, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And especially when you look at, like, the drone stuff, right? So if you think about all of the all the descriptions of these unmanned drones that were in the description of what the money was being used for for research i mean on the show they could be saying oh look there's a you know a ufo but maybe they're just testing one of the drones that they're specifically <laughs> outlined in the document that they're putting millions of dollars of uh-huh. research for with like cloaking technologies and all that's crazy shit so yeah, yeah there's so many different angles of how like uh, that's what i'm getting at like sometimes on there it's like you know, how we're being presented of, like, what they're trying to do and what they're researching doesn't necessarily mean it's, like, totally true. Like, they could yeah. be doing that shit and for a whole other reason. We have no idea. Like he's saying, he could just be looking to see if, like, it, everything is working fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's definitely an, uh, an alternative agenda on them. Mm-hmm. You know? Then you make a show and you make money off of uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. And talk about how transparent you are. <laughs> Google's <laughs> fucking lying how transparent he is uh, <laughs> right he says that constantly yeah uh, I think every time he says it it like twitches or something <laughs> <laughs> every time he says that in Dragon it twitches well, <laughs> and, and like remember in the part that we just looked at where it said how they're able to sw- make someone's brain swell 
Yes. <coughs> Do you remember in remember during the show in Skinwalker, like the show that how that one guy's mm. brain becomes enlarged? Yeah, it does. Don't have the X-ray, and he's got like a an, a lump on it, aren't it? Right. That to me, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so you know what weirded me out about that is I started thinking about that after the fact. I don't think I brought it up during when we covered it. After the fact, I think because like he had that symptom again, I think, and I was like, you know. Uh, when I've looked at, um, you know, not at all of them, but, you know, like uh, Mormons, there are some Mormons that have a little bit more different ideology or maybe follow it like a little bit more cult than other ones do. There is like, you know, also the idea that they came from those redheaded uh, giants skull, you know, those giants. And I'm just like, yeah, right. I'm like, is this like another way of like talking about that? Like this dude's just, you know, his head's swelling. I don't know, it just seems yeah. very weird because there are, you know, people that think that they might be descendants, that Mormons are descendants from the red-haired uh, fucking big-head giant people. And I'm like, and this guy's oh. talking about his fucking skull grown. You know what oh. I'm saying? <laughs> oh. oh, he's just very unlucky and drawn the short yeah. straw to look like Slothfortella or, you know, um, him off, what's that film, Mask? Oh, he had, um, Dennis, uh, Rocky Dennis? Rocky Dennis, yeah, Rocky D. Yeah. <laughs> Cher was in there. Rocky. Yeah. All right, so, uh, oh, no, that was Sloth, Rocky Road, yeah. Um, all right, so now, uh, you know, since since that whole thing with Skinwalker's come out, you know, Travis Taylor has whatever come out, and we'll get into it. He's come out and admitted, uh, what, was he working for the DOD, right, Lux? I might be wrong with the three-letter uh, agency. Um... Well, some of it's pretty hard to figure out, yeah. but uh, I know he definitely has had extremely too. high clearances for a bunch of different government agencies for a very long time. Yeah. All right, so just real quick. Travis, <coughs> Travis Taylor has. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he also has appeared on Ancient Aliens. Um, the That one show that they had about that weird island, uh, Curse of Oak Island, he was on that show too. Yeah, I think, oh. and then he also had his other, a, a different show too. I think I do mention that. I, I, something like, oh God, I can't remember. But he did have another show that I think was on some channel for, I think, a few seasons. Um, Some like Hillbilly. It was like some like Hillbilly science. Oh, yeah. I forgot what it was. Uh, I think I do mention in, it. like um, Florida or something? Like <laughs> it was weird thing. stuff. All right, so uh, real quick, Taylor grew up in rural North America alongside his uh, older brother, Gregory, a chief master sergeant of the Air Force Reserves. As a boy, Taylor read science fiction and dismantled household electronics. His father, Charles, Charles Taylor, worked as a machinist at Wild Laboratories, which subcontracted for National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA. In the 1960s, uh, wherein he built America's first satellites directly with Werner von Braun. No way. I'm assuming most people know, just in case they don't know. He was a German scientist that was brought over here with Project Paperclip. He, you know, from Nazi Germany, came over here. And, you know, NASA gave him a job with a bunch of other Nazi scientists. Uh... (coughs) And him and Jack Parsons, I do think, worked on something as well. It's interesting. 
While in high school, Taylor's family moved to Somerville near Huntsville, next door to an army scientist. So now his, uh, his father works at Wild Laboratories, his brother's a uh, sergeant of the Air Force Reserves, and now his next-door neighbor is an army scientist. This is at 17 years old. And uh, with help of his neighbor, he built a radio telescope that won the state science fair and placed sixth in the nation. This led the Army to offer Taylor a job working at Redstone Arsenal on direct energy weapon systems, directly out of high school, as well as a scholarship. So, rather uh, interesting story, right? It just worked out so nice. Yeah. Uh, Taylor has worked on various programs for the United States Department of Defense and NASA for over 16 years. He is currently working on several advanced propulsion concepts, very large space telescopes, space-based beam energy systems, high-energy lasers, and next-generation space launch concept. Taylor is also involved with multiple human uh, intelligence, human, uh, imaginary intelligence, uh, imminent, and uh, signals intelligence, signet, signet. And, uh, and measured in signature intelligence concept studies. Taylor's degrees are from Ar- Auburn University, 91. It's funny, it's B-E-E, 91. <laughs> <laughs> University of Western Sydney, uh, MS04, and University of Alabama, Huntsville. And uh, he has a doctorate in optical science and engineering, a master's degree degree in physics and a master's degree in aerospace engineering and master's degree in astronomy and a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. The fuck did that guy stop going to school? Holy fuck. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, I think, like, not even that long ago, he was going after another degree. Holy shit. So, Redstone Arsenal. Arsenal. RSA. Very close to SR, right? <laughs> is a uh, United States Army post and a census design place, uh, CDP, adjacent to Huntsville in uh, Madison County, Alabama, United States. And is part of the Huntsville Decatur Combined Stist- Statistical Area. The arsenal is a garrison for uh, various tenants across the Department of Defense, Department of Justice, and NASA. RSA has benefited from decisions by the Defense Base uh, Realignment and Closure Commission. The Roadstone Arsenal CDP has a residential population of 837 as of the 220 census. Uh, Established during World War II as a chemical manufacturing facility, in the immediate post-war era, the arsenal was used for research and development by German, uh, German weapons rocket scientists who were brought to the U.S. as part of Operation Paperclip. Well, no shit. Just mentioned that before. (laughs) The team first worked on uh, ballistic missiles, uh, starting with V-2 rocket derivatives, before moving on to a series of even larger designs. Many of their tests were carried out at White Sands Missile Range, and flights between the two locations were common. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, as Huntsville Arsenal, 
as part of the mobilizing uh, mobilization leading to U.S. involvement in World War II. Huntsville Arsenal was established in 1941 to create a second chemical weapons plant, in addition to one in Edgewood, Maryland. It was announced by the War Department on July 3, 1941. Over 550 families were displaced when the Army acquired the land, including over 300 tenants and sharecroppers. Most of the landowners were allowed to salvage their assets and rebuild elsewhere. The remaining buildings were almost all raised <clears throat> by the War Department. So again, I mean, even more uh, government chemical shit. I think that um, that place that you're talking about in Maryland, I think that uh, that's also where they did some MK Ultra experiments. Oh, jeez. Probably with the fucking chemicals. <laughs> yeah, like somebody did a lawsuit not long ago about it. Yeah, I can't the guy got like really messed up from the experiments. But I could have sworn it was out of that same exact place. Yeah, uh, then they have the Army Ordnance Corps. At the close of World War II, a number of key German scientists and engineers were brought to the United States under po- Operation Paperclip. Colonel Holger Tofti, or Toftoy, arranged for 127 individuals, including Werner von Braun, to receive contracts to work on Army missiles. In late 1945, they began arriving at Fort Bliss, Texas, <clears throat> were using components brought from Germany, started upgrading the V-2 missile, and testing was done at the nearby White Sands Proving Grounds in New Mexico. So again, just showing more stuff with uh, Operation Paperclip and the Germans. Uh, July, on the 17th of July, 17, July 1997, the former Army Missile Command combined with the aviation portion of the U.S. Army Aviation and Troop Command, uh, creating a new organization at the RSA, the United States Army Aviation and Missile Command, United States Space Command. On the 13th of July in 2021, it was announced that Redstone Arsenal is, pre- is the preferred location for the headquarters of the United States Space Command. And today, uh, Redstone Arsenal remains the center of testing, development, and doctrine for the Army Missiles programs. So there's a lot of shit going on over here. Uh, Now, I wanted to look into the direct energy weapons that uh, could be a possibility that uh, Travis was working on. This is the link that was on his, you know, Wikipedia. When it specified direct energy weapons, this is what I clicked on, and it brought this. So I'm assuming they're specifying maybe these. Uh, direct energy weapon. DEW is a ranged weapon that damages its target with highly focused energy, including lasers, microwaves, particle beams, and sound beams. Potential applications of this technology include weapons that target person personnel, missiles, vehicles, and optical devices. In the United States, the Pentagon, DARPA, and the Air Force Research Laboratory United States Army Armament Research Development and Engineering Center and the Naval Research Laboratory are all are researching direct energy weapons to counter ballistic missiles and other things. And that's it. when we were looking through the documents for ATIP, that when I was describing about how they can use these different frequencies yes. to impact people's brains or behavior, their health, that's what this is. Yep, that's why I was like, oh shit, this sounds familiar. I was getting into this on my stuff. 
Yeah. Types, microwave. Although some devices are labeled as microwave weapons, the microwave range is commonly defined as being between 300 uh, megahertz and 300 gigahertz. I'm guessing that's what that means. Uh, which is fine with, which is within the RF range. These frequencies having wavelengths of one meter to one millimeter. Some examples of weapons which have been uh, publicized by the military are as follows. So now this is all kind of like microwave shit. Active denial system is a millimeter wave source that heats the water in a human target's skin and thus causes incapacitating pain. It was developed by the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory and Raytheon for riot control duty. Though intended to cause severe pain while leaving no, uh, no lasting damage, concern has been voiced as to whether the system could cause irreversible damage to the eyes. There has yet to be testing uh, for long-term side effects of exposure to the microwave beam. It can also destroy unshielded electronics. This device comes in various sizes, yeah. uh, inc including attachment, including attached to a Humvee. That's pretty fucking serious. Using, you know, doing something with the water just to fucking, what do you, fall on the ground like in the fetal position and that's fucking oh, yeah, freaky. Yeah, yeah they're, um, they've been using that for a while. I know that they used that in uh, Iraq, and they have used it in different like riot situations. Uh, there's different variations of this weapon, but there's one that will like emit a frequency that, like you were just talking about, they just mount it on top of, of a Humvee, and it looks like a giant-esque uh, speaker. And it just, you know, transmits this frequency towards a group of people, and they get all fucked up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, here, yeah, let me just go back. And then there was, uh, I'm not going to cover these, but Village and Eagle, uh, and all these other things, if you want to look at it at the screen, I guess you could pause it and look at it. But these are more like just like uh, taking down missiles and like counter shit. Then they do have laser and uh, particle beam. Particle beam weapons can be, uh, can use charged or neutral particles and can be either endo-atmospheric or exo-atmospheric. Particle beams as beam weapons are theoretically possible, but practical weapons have not been demonstrated yet. Certain types of particle beams have the advantage of being self-focusing in the atmosphere. Uh, plasma. Plasma weapons fire a beam, bolt, or stream of plasma, which is in an excited state of matter consisting of atomic electrons and nuclei and free electrons, uh, if ionized. So, I mean... Uh, Plasma. Yeah. Then there's also long range acoustic devices. Uh, yeah. <coughs> and then I did mention he was involved with uh, there was a, the the humid, whatever it was that thing that uh, that place Red Arsenal was involved with. Uh, this is a uh, intelligence gathered. This in, this whole uh, human intelligence and whatever H U M I. Uh, NT that they call it uh, intelligence gathered by means of an interpersonal contact as opposed to the more technical intelligence gathering disciplines such as signals intelligence imaginary intelligence and measurement and signature intelligence NATO defines H-U-M-I-N-T human as a category of intelli intelligence derived from information collected and provided by human resources Humid, as the name suggests, is mostly done by people rather than any technical means. 
and is commonly provided by covert agents and spies. For instance, Oleg uh, Penkovsky was a Soviet, Soviet military intelligence colonel who served as a, as a source to the UK and the United States by informing them of the precise knowledge necessary to address rapidly developing military tensions with the Soviet Union. So I talk about that as, I guess, kind of like spies. We got this uh, interview with Travis. Uh, hold on one second. From television. They don't know all the other stuff you did, but you've had... So Travis, you and I talked before, and, you know, the world knows you from television. They don't know all the other stuff you did, but you've had security clearances, high level, doing work for different agencies for a long time. Yeah, I started working uh, for the uh, Army, uh, gosh, I was 17, actually. And I've been a scientist for, or an engineer for the Army ever since. There's a, a, a about seven years in, in my life where I uh, went into private sector and worked for the intelligence community as a contractor. And then I went back into civil service and uh, I've been doing that uh, my whole life. And I've had a security clearance for decades. Did you need permission to be the scientist on TV? Oh yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, before I uh, was on TV, uh, I also write science fiction novels. And I remember my first science fiction novel, they made me give it to security and they w went through it to make sure that there wasn't anything that was uh, too close to what I was doing at work or that might be sensitive in nature. Uh, and, uh, and after about my third or fourth novel, they, they, it was too much work for them so they quit worrying about it. So that's what I have on him, but I do have a couple of things on his father. Um, I mean, now going back to like everything that I showed, like maybe that wasn't like in the best. Uh, of course, we lost Lee. Uh, maybe that wasn't the best. Um, maybe no, that wait, wasn't, wait, wait. what's going on? Yeah, I see you back. Maybe that wasn't the best. Uh, the best uh, like way to maybe present all that stuff. But uh, basically, what I tried to show is that like Travis Taylor showing where he worked at and where he came from and I don't know, he just ended up in all this stuff, you know, so easily. Um, does go back to some weird stuff with like the, the direct energy weapons that, that Lux was just showing you. I could see why why he would be over there because he was already kind of studying the shit that those documents are studying as well. And uh, the ties to like the German scientists and working at the places that the German scientists came from. I also, if you remember, I said that his father did that as well. So it's almost like, uh, is he kind of following in his footsteps? Yeah, well, it's like he's being bred for it. Right. And something that I found really weird in uh, that clip that you just showed was that he said, I've been working as a scientist. I mean, engineer. To me, that's kind of a slip and probably yeah. tells us a lot more about the situation than he intended because a scientist would mean that he's going out and testing different stuff, right? With pure engineers, like you're making shit. Exactly. <laughs> well, didn't when he when they first brought him on to the TV show, didn't they bring him on um, as a scientist? I yeah, that's wrong. what they said. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just thought that was a bit of a slip there, like you know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's doing more engineering than testing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, could that could that not even be um, be deemed as war crimes? What they're doing or what they've been testing? Maybe I wouldn't doubt. I mean, who knows? 
I mean, the stuff that we're looking at here is stuff of science fiction. It sounds crazy. When NY and I were doing research for Skinwalker, I came across those documents. I showed it to him, and I was like, this stuff is so crazy. I don't even know if I want to talk about it because <laughs> it sounds so crazy. I was like, you know, yeah. the next, next thing people are going to expect, like, you know, I'm talking about, like, the, the Palladian Galactic Council or some crazy shit. Like, <laughs> like yeah. it just yeah. sounds so bizarre. But those documents are real. I've got the yeah. direct link to them. Yeah, anybody can go and check them out for themselves. They're unclassified based on the Sun out of the UK, the newspaper that requested over a multiple year period for the FOIA request to get those documents finally declassified. It's not something I'm making up or just off of a fringe site. It's off of the actual government website itself. So it sounds crazy, but um, I mean, for us to kind of get our heads around what this means, it's dangerous stuff and the public needs to know about it because we're tuning into Skinwalker, the show, and we're thinking that we're going to, you know, figure out something about some Mesa or some, you know, shape-shifting entity. But, I mean, this stuff is is very concerning. And um, they're not, you know, I look at the way, like, NY was just showing. They're making weapons applications out of yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Figuring out how to mess with people. And yeah. I, you can't convince me that people who are on the ranch don't know about these unclassified documents. Yeah. You can't, there's no way they don't know about this. So I don't know why they keep the facade up, but yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, think that's, though, I think that's one of the yeah. best points actually, is that knowing that all this stuff is actually available. How the hell do you like, how do you play it off? It's like, Oh, I never knew. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now I'm going back to uh, if probably don't remember or whoever uh, if you do remember or not. Uh, I did mention the father worked at Wild Laboratories. So now I'm back, kind of looking at what the father was doing uh, and what you know that place was about. Today, Wild is recognized as a leading provider of specialized engineering, uh, scientific, and technical service to the Department of Defense, NASA, and a variety of commercial customers. With 48. Uh, 4,800 highly specialized and dedicated employees at 50-plus uh, primary facilities nationwide. The company generates annual revenues of approximately $1.1 billion from its core customers, uh, the Department of Defense, NASA, and the nation's leading aerospace contractors. So, I mean, they were even pulling in uh, $1.1 billion. That's not bad. A lot of money That's in solid. it. Mm. It's a lot of money. While is an American uh, privately held provider of engineering, scientific, and technical services to the Department of Defense, NASA, blah, 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 pretty much like the same thing I just read. Uh, founded in 1949, the company is still he headquartered in El Segundo, California, and has approximately 4,800 employees, blah, blah. Uh, founded in 1949 by Frank S. Weil as a part of the rapidly expanding Southern California aerospace industry. Uh, Wild Laboratories, Inc. began operations in El Segundo, California as a testing laboratory. Frank S. Wild was married to Edith R. Wild and is the grandfather of actor Noah Wild and artist Sonoa Romero. Over the time, the company diversified into a variety of markets and businesses, 
Uh, through a buyout in 1995, the company was split into Weil Electronics and the Scientific Services and Systems Group, which continued to operate as Weil Laboratories. In 2007, the company decided to simplify its name to Weil since its primary business focus had evolved into a range of services. It still operates laboratories, but its primary business focus is on securing long-term long-term service contracts from the Department of Defense, NASA, and other federal agencies. Uh, uh, facilities, again, uh, service areas, acoustics research and consulting, air quality research and consulting. There's a whole bunch of things on here that you can look at. Space flight hardware development and fabrication, space launch and operation support. Uh, Wild Laboratories. Uh, DTC is considering approval of a rough, uh, of a draft remedial action plan to address, to address vol volatile organic compounds in subsurface soil and groundwater at the former Wild Laboratories site in Norco, California. Now this site, I think, actually, unfortunately, I forgot to mention. I think this is like some sort of like. Um, site that kind of tells you about like uh, like there's an issue going on at this place so I'll just get into it all selected remedial methods which include installation and sampling of monitoring wells to document remedial performance implementation of certain remedial methods also will entail shallow trenching and use it use of heavy equipment for short periods of time uh, remediation currently is anticipated to be carried out over a period of 2 to 30 years Depending upon the area to be remediated. So at Skinwalker in the last uh, last season, sounds like they were doing the exact same thing that they're talking about here, right? Digging into the ground to find these special materials yes. and getting them back out and studying them, right? Two to thirty years. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> now this place, who knows, like how if like what it could be the reason. For now, what they're saying. <coughs> Project update, deep groundwater monitoring well installation. They are supposedly testing this area where this place was at because they're saying that it's actually uh, harmful and there's, like, like you people, like, I think it's advised not even to, like, live there. A site background, 429 acres of land divided into several industrial administrative areas. Arrow acquired a division of Wild Laboratories in approximately 1995 and currently is paying for remediation sorry, of the site. Wild initiated facility shutdown in 2000. DTSC issued a consort order to Arrow Electronics, Inc. and Wild Laboratories in 2003. Wild uh, exited the site and the interim re remediation initiated in 2004. So according to them, like they left so they could go in there and actually start checking to see how screwed up, uh, I guess, the ground is. Then again, you never know. <laughs> and here is even like kind of like the map showing like at some point certain sites that they were digging at. I do find that interesting, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I think that, you know, they probably were looking at this site, but then multiple other sites. You know, digging this stuff up, seeing, seeing what they had. Blind Frog uh, Ranch was doing that, too. 
Oh, blind digging in water. Yeah, digging and hitting the ground looking for water. They even found warming gold over there. If you watch it until yeah, then, whenever it's on. Didn't they say that they didn't find anything? I don't know, I never watched it enough. I only watched like a few right. episodes. I think I got up to the I saw the one with the Mormon money is Mormon gold and I was like, Oh, I'll watch that and then that's about as far as I got. Yeah, this is more stuff just showing like paperwork of uh wild laboratories and basically a uh, company has to go in there and test everything to make sure that it's not uh, hazardous anymore. Uh this is some of the stuff that they were saying that they were testing for. The chemical p- compound trickly, uh, triclo, I don't know, ethanol, uh, trichloroethanol, sorry, is a uh, halocarbon commonly used as an industrial solvent. It is clear, colorless, non-flammable liquid with a chloroform-like sweet smell. It should not be confused with the similar 111 trichlorine or whatever, which is commonly known as uh, chlorothene. Uh, the IUPAC name is triclo, uh, tricloethene. Industrial abbreviations include TCE and all this other stuff, whatever. Groundwater and drinking water contamination from industrial discharge, including this stuff, I'm not going to say the name again, is a major concern for human health and has precipitated numerous, numerous incidents and lawsuits. This is another one that they were looking for. Is an inorganic compound with a chemical formula N2H4. It is a si- simple nictogen hydride, whatever, and a colorless flammable liquid with an ammonia like odor. Uh, hydrazine is highly toxic unless handled in a solution, as for, for example, hydrazine hydrate. Um, hydrazine is mainly used as a foaming agent in preparing. Polymer foams, but application also includes its use as a precursor for these other things, as well as a long-term uh, storable propellant for in-space spacecraft, spacecraft propulsion. So you know how, like, even I think, like the what I think they kind of use this stuff with the rockets. Don't they use some like it's like the the fuel is almost like a foam. Oh, I'm not sure. I I remember we talked about this. Yeah, because I remember, I think, I don't know how true it was, but watching Strange Angel, I think, like, what uh, Parsons ended up doing with his rock and fuel was making it more like a tar. And, like, I think, like, the rockets now that is almost more like a foam. So I think this might go back to, like, actual, you know, that stuff. Uh, About 2 million tons of hydrazine hydrate were used in foam-blowing agents in 2015. Additionally, hydrazine is used in various rocket fuels. Oh, there we go. <laughs> and, to prepare, and to prepare the gas uh, precursors used in airbags. So there we go. And it's highly toxic. And it can be highly toxic. Uh, hydrazine is used as a low-power monopropellant for the, manuf- for the maneuvering thrusters of spacecraft and was used to power the space shuttle's auxiliary power units, APUs. In addition, uh, hydrazine-fueled rocket engines are often used in terminal descent of spacecraft. Such engines were used on the Viking program landers in the 1970s, as well as the Mars landers Phoenix in May 2008, and Curiosity, August 2012, and Perseverance, February 2021. 
the official uh, occupant hazards. The official uh, U.S. guidance on hydrazine as a carcinogen is mixed, but generally there is a recognition of potential cancer-causing effects. So they do even say it could possibly cause cancer too. Now, this is another one that they were saying is a possibility and is there. That they're looking for uh, polychlorinated biphenyl are highly carcinogenic co chemical compounds formerly used in industrial and consumer products whose productions was banned by the United States federal law in 1978 and by the Stockholm Convention on Persistent Organic Pollutants in 2001. The organic chlorine compounds with the formula were, were they were <clears throat> once widely used in the manufacture of carbonless copy paper as, and, uh, as heat transfer fluids and as dielectric and coolant fluids for electrical equipment. Yeah, so that's like PCBs. So I'm pretty sure people have heard of that before. So they're looking for that also there. So they had some, uh, some pretty fucked up shit. Uh, National Technical System announces acquisition of Wild Laboratories. Uh, Wild Labs. Real, real quick, is yeah. that it's spelled W A H L, right? What is? Wall. Oh, Wild W Y L E. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Wild Labs testing business is a leader in environmental dynamics, structural. I don't even know what that says. Fluid flow, uh, fluid flow, and acoustics testing solutions. Primary, primarily serving the nuclear, space, and defense end markets. So, NSA awards $1.76 human health and performance contract to Wild Laboratories. Uh, the, new human the new human health and performance contract will support many NASA programs and offices, including the International Space Station, Orion... Uh -huh. Advanced expo Exploration Systems, Space Technology, Mission, all this other stuff. Services provided under this contract include fundamental and applied biomedical research, biotechnology development, operational space medicine, occupational health and medicine, all this other stuff. Uh, NASA extends bioastronauts contract with Wild Labs. Houston, July 2nd, NASA has exercised a $294 million option to extend a contract with Wild Laboratories, Inc. of Houston to support the Space Life Scientist uh, Directorate at NASA's Johnson Space Center. So even more money. Uh, and I really think that's pretty much... Uh, yeah, that's really about it. This other stuff with his brother wasn't that interesting. Oh, did you, um, here, I'll, I'll share this with you real quick. This is just to show, because that's why I asked about the spelling. Okay. Oh, wait, uh, one thing. Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't realize. Sorry. Gregory Taylor. I will cover this real quick because it does go back. Uh, Mr. Taylor is a vice president of operations at SCI Technology, Inc. SCI is San Mania company uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. Greg, who joined SCI in 1988, is responsible for all SCI defense and aerospace production tests, uh, test engineering support, and calibration services. Um, I think it does go into... Mr. Taylor served as an airman in the U.S. Air Force and as a chief master sergeant in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. 
So I'm assuming this is the same guy because it sounds just like Wikipedia, dude. So um, if you look at for more than 60 years, SCI technology, a San Mina company, has designed and manufactured qualified whatever. What I'm showing you is that it's actually SCI technology is the name. So when I go look up SCI technology, uh, there is a fuck ton of them. And you do get uh, CT Corp. Um, Corporation Service Company. Mm-hmm. Um, Corporation Service uh, Company. Um, CT Corp. Corporation Service Company. Corporation Service Company. Uh, Salmonini Corporation is a leading electronics contract manufacturer serving the fastest growing segments of the global electronics manufacturing services. Uh, you look up that name, San Mania SCI. You get the corporation company, trust company, CT Corporation System, CT Corporation System, CT Corporation System, uh, Corporation Service. So, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I just wanted to show that uh, whatever his brother is involved with, against Sam and Ia Corporation, Corporation Service Company, uh, <coughs> his brother is involved with something that we've constantly seen show up with some weird shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you oh, know, I don't know. They're intertwined, aren't they? So I mean, you can look at what I showed you about the laboratories in two different ways. You can look at it that they actually had some real fucked up shit going on over there that's actually like poisonous to humanity that they were working on, and who knows what the fuck it is? Or are they making that up and they're digging there for the same reason that they're digging at uh, Skinwalker Ranch? Or are they okay. digging at Skinwalker Ranch because maybe they think what you know, maybe there is some kind of like radiation of you know or something hazardous. You know, who knows? Right. It's Hello very Earth. weird, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, here, let me, uh, sorry, here, let me fix that. Make that look better for you. There we go. I just was curious real quick because I wanted to look up the while that you were just talking about. Uh -huh. Oh, corporation service. So, so just like, this is like what we do. Like, uh, this is how we conduct research. Like, we're constantly, we're fe we feed off of each other. But you look at, like, um. There's another one. Well, Systems, LLC, CT. C yeah, CT Corp. Oh, down there, two more. Uh, I can't yep, believe I never looked them up. 1967. I think this is uh, definitely fits your timeline, too. And it's out of Arizona. Then Irvine, California, 94, CT Corporations. Wild Electronics, Illinois Corporation, CT Corporation Systems, 1993. Wow Laboratories, which is the one you just referenced, 1984, CT Corporation, Corporation System. Wow Laboratories, same thing. See, now, this is, you know, when we were talking before about how, like, we were, like, often wondered, like, is this actually, like, maybe government companies? Because, like, it does almost seem like, remember one time we followed it and it went kind of back to uh, the United States Corp. Yeah, I could see now how maybe this is almost maybe, you know, what I'm saying going along with that, because like we're showing more of actually the government being involved with this stuff. And now they right. have the same thing. CT Corp and Corporation Company. Same thing always pops up when it comes to the stuff that we research with the secret societies or this conspiracy stuff. Anything that we found that's shady when we look up the, you know, the registered agent for that corporation, that company, LLC, whatever. These names constantly pop up, and I thought this one was oh, wild, Prentice too. Hall. Prentons Hall, 1994, that's a name that comes up. And what it's like is, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's like they have a bunch of registered agents 
working with the government that all represent themselves. So it's like you'll you'll look up the CT Corporation, who represents them. It's the United States Corporation Company, like whatever the hell that means. And they just all go in this big circle of representing each other. There's never any outside sources. And this has come up so many times. You can even see the slight variations in spelling, right? CT up here, right, where the C and the T are right next to each other. Then you got uh -huh. this one. But it's a C and a T, but they're slightly separated, Prentons Hall, same thing down with these. I mean, this is it's just wild. Corporation Service Company. Now, I wonder, you know what would be interesting to f just try? Maybe we'll try when I get off. Uh, if you were to type in CT and they were both next to each other in corporation and see what comes up, with the ones right. with the space not. Like, I'm wondering, like, how, like, if that almost kind of cuts down a way of cutting down how many show up when you were to check for CT corporation. Dude, I, t I totally agree. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because I do know at the times with Bizipedia, it can be very, like, specific to where, like, if you misspell something wrong or uh, you have letters that are, like, an LLC, it might be. Uh, actually, I have had that issue with uh, spaces or not spaces will make a difference. So that, that might actually work. Yeah. Right. Like, you're, the way that you spell everything has to be exact for it to pop up because, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just searching it through the database of how it's registered in the system. So if you take that C and then you give it a space and then you put another T, it's going to bring up something different than if you put CT. But that's what we find so shady about it is it's like, dude. And then you look at CT, they are represented by a corporation service company, and then it just goes in this big wheel. It's crazy. Well, always back to them. Yeah, I just thought you would find that interesting. Yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm actually, uh, what I find interesting is I didn't even check <laughs> You know, I'm surprised oh, I didn't even stuff. do that myself. Yeah. At <laughs> <laughs> the end of the day, there's just so much going on there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, I think be, even besides, I mean, the ATIP stuff, it's fucking wild. But then I, I do find it very interesting how we're seeing a lot of, like, German stuff kind of going yeah. hand in hand with Travis's father and now with him. Conveniently, yeah. yeah. It's just very weird. You know, I know some people, oh, maybe it's just, you know, coincidental, but you never know. You know, very weird. Yeah. Well, he he's studied direct energy. Just weapons. asking questions. And like, he's over <laughs> at Skinwalker Ranch, and look what Lux said about fucking what they were just testing over there, energy weapons. Yeah. 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 Something else to check out about Travis, too, for people who are interested, go to uh, simonandschuster.com. Oh, that's right. You and check out um, check out all the books. These are science fiction books that uh, Simon and Schuster have put out. And Travis Taylor is the author of these books. And remember in that one clip that you had said, uh, or that you had showed, where he says, "When I first started to create science fiction, then they would look over all of my books to make sure it wasn't very similar to what the research I really was doing." But then if you go and look at those books that he was producing and has since then, they're yeah. all like direct energy weapon novels or Einstein's. Uh, this is quoting directly from a book that he wrote called Saving Proxima. It's an interstellar travel is not easy. And, and by traveling at the speeds required to arrive before disaster strikes at Proxima, humans will learn the firsthand time-dilating effects of Einstein's special relative special relativity and be forced to ponder ultimate questions. What does it mean to be human? 
What does it mean to share the stars with another form of life? What if I return younger f- uh, than my own children when I time travel? The answers are far from academic, but they may, they may determine the fate of not one, but two civilizations. Like, it's, it's literally what we're just talking about in the documents. There's some sci-fi twist on it. You're right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? And real quick, too, Shimon and Shuster, we came across them when we covered Randonautica, and they were, I think that was the first time we ever came across the USA Corp with going down that hole to CT and corporation company type of crap. So uh, I, I even think Simon and Shuster, I could be wrong, but I think they do tie back to even like, again, CT Corp or corporation company or the USA Corp. Again, you know, mm-hmm. and Travis's shit is on there. And they've popped up so many goddamn times with other stuff that we've covered, Simon and Schuster. Yeah. The, the Shakespeare books, right? That's, Remember yeah. all the Shakespeare? Like all of this stuff that we've researched, just the same names keep coming up over and over again. Yeah, and, and, Rando, and the Rando Nordica book. The reason we even came across yeah. Simon and Schuster is because that, their Rando Nordica book was printed through them as well. Mm-hmm. Just, it's just like, what the fuck? All those crazy feminist books where it was like uh, talking about, you know, academic transgenderism oh, and, and yeah. feminist crazy stuff. But then you get Hillary oh. Clinton and Donald Trump have both released books through that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, right. Mark, Mark Levine, you know, they, they act like they hate each other's guts, but they use the same publishing company. Right. <laughs> so it's either it's either that this this is just the a huge publishing company that like, if you want to get a book out, you're going to have to go through them or that's not the case. And they're just, you know, using the same, uh, Simon and Schuster public or, or publication as a way to get their book out because they know that they got connections there or something. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I got left. I'm done. I guess the only other thing, too, real quick, that we could maybe mention is I think, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, Fugel has come out and acted like, you know, now, oh, I didn't know that about Travis. But uh, I think you said that he's like, he was upset, but not mad. And Dragon, I think, was the one that was like a little upset, like, oh, my God, how could that happen? If if I remember correctly. (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. Within the last couple of weeks, uh, I guess there was an interview with Fugel where he claims that he did not know about certain, I guess, programs or, you know, research shit that Travis was doing. And then when it came out, when Travis talked about it, he was, Fugel was shocked. Couldn't believe it. It's like, okay. Now, <laughs> I believe that about uh, as far as I can go. Now, now uh, even, even taking this on face value, let's say that is the situation. This guy keeps on going on about how transparent they are. If you don't even know your own people that well, if you really literally had no idea, uh, you really may not be being as transparent because you obviously don't know what the fuck the people next to you are doing. Yeah. So yeah. after this, I don't want to hear that transparency shit anymore because you obviously don't know anybody good enough around you to know what the fuck they're doing to know if you're being transparent. And, and we found the information that we did with a Google search in a couple of hours. Yeah. Right? Two guys like us, we can figure that out. But a millionaire from you yeah. know, uh, Coldwell Banker with all these resources, he can't look it up real quick to see the same. I, again, I, to me, I just, I, in my opinion, it feels like a, a big, it's just one big psyop. Bullshit. Yeah. I think he specifically brought him in because he knows what he's done. Yeah. Yep. Well, what he can do. Yeah, 
or uh, who knows, man? Who knows? It could be so many things. You know, <laughs> could it just be like, you know, could he be like one of the main guys there, like studying the shit, and everybody else is just kind of like characters for the show, showing you, oh yeah, we're looking for fucking. Because like again, like if you really think about it, the amount of time that they spend there, and then how much. If you were to watch one episode, I mean, that's probably the shit that you see is done within, like, an hour or two. Or a few hours. Maybe, you know, five or six. Uh, well, what happened for the whole other eight months that you were there? You know what I'm saying? And you, you, you got, like, what, ten yeah. episodes a season? You're showing us ten hours or maybe twenty or thirty hours actual time spent at eight months over there? What the fuck is going on during all that other time? Well, and then you'd have to cut that in half, too, because of the Because they're repeating every time. Yeah, right. <laughs> They spend the first 10 minutes going over what happened in the last episode. It's like, I just watched the last episode. I don't. And then what they do is they'll cut to break. And then when they come back from break, they'll take five minutes to talk about what they just said right before the break. It's like, dude, what? Yo, that episode, that episode when they were like shoving the cans down in there and like waiting for the smoke to come out. Like, yo, that episode honestly probably was faster in real life than it actually was for them filming it and then adding the commercials in and recapping. Because, like, yeah. they really, that whole one episode, I was like, yo, those dudes didn't do much of anything, and that was the whole show. What's actually going on over there? Because I started realizing, like, this whole season isn't really, like, one whole episode with them be lock, launching off a rocket. Well, what about the whole of the fucking day? Like, you're really not showing us much at all for the whole time you're over there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you punch like, you know, reality TV, I think. Now, I don't know exactly like what's going on there. I can't after even all this time of research, I can't I can't say exactly the perimeter of like all of the research that's being done there. But I just hope that people see now that, you know, showing what we showed that it's just it's not what they're showing on TV. There's way more stuff to this and it goes deeper. And some of this stuff uh, is scary and dangerous shit that we should be very concerned about as the public. And we need to we need to be looking at these documents, sharing these documents, showing other people these documents, because, I mean, this it lays it out there, and, and for us to just think that they're uh, researching some, you know, weird shape-shifting entity that, you know, resembles a wolf at Skinwalker, it's deeper, it's way deeper than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit, yeah, a little bit more deeper than uh, uh, mutilated cows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, or wolf's the wolf that you shoot at and it doesn't move. Right, right. Yeah. Bulletproof wolf. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, unfortunately, I do have to get going, Lee. So. Mate. I'm sorry about that. Gentlemen. Yeah. My fucking mind's bald. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was looking forward to doing this. That's why I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, we still got to make sure we do it. Because uh, I even want to yeah, use this for our own so... show. I think this was interesting, just different stuff. It is serious, serious shit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, to me, I, I do think that out of, we've covered a lot of subjects, and I, I think that all the stuff that we've covered is important, but this stuff, I, I hit NY up about this. I was like, bro, <laughs> I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can talk about yeah, that. I it's remember so that crazy. too, yeah, yeah. And I was looking so, at it myself, um, and I was like, I don't know, man, fuck it. I don't know, I was like, it does sound crazy, but yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's, it, yeah. you know, I, I, because it is so crazy and so in depth, the way that they explain everything, highly encourage everybody to go took, take a look at those documents because, um, yeah, we need to know this stuff. Sure. Yeah, for sure, mate. For sure. Well, um, thank you again. 
Of course. Um, no, thank you for having us on. <laughs> um, but would you like to let everyone know where they can get hold of you, please? Uh, my stuff, Dan White Patriot, you could find on uh, all major podcasts and uh, BitChute, Rumble, and then the Tour and More uh, YouTube channel. And uh, I guess, Lex, you can plug your show in the Occult Rejects. Yeah, same for, uh, well, you know, we kind of all have everything organized together oh. now, so you can check out all of our podcasts in one place. And um, I, for Lux Rising, got some new content coming soon. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just really appreciate everybody checking everything out. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice one, gentlemen. Uh, yeah. Fucking, I don't think people realize how serious it is. No, uh, I mean, I mean he, even he, if he, half that stuff is, like, true, that's still, like, right, fucking, right. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I like, mean, like, like me and Lux have even said, let's say you haven't really perfected these things, but if that's what you're researching still, and your aims are towards, that's you know, <laughs> frightening. Yeah. Or it should be alarming, at yeah. least. And, and like then, a, come on, mate, you're clear. I was going to say, like, if you take, because we covered the Gateway Project and the Gateway Experiments, and, you know, they were doing a, a bunch of stuff that's very similar to the A-tip stuff. You can, like, see how they progressed from the mm-hmm. 70s to, like, the 2000s in between that. It's yeah. crazy, man. You can just see how they improved the technology. Yeah. 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 And it's I mean, funny, like, and if you think about it now, you're mentioning Gateway. That goes back to uh, what uh, put off Jessica Utz, both associated with Bigelow. Uh, we were even talking about now how this Wild Laboratories – or whatever, or that other place, was associated with the International Space Station. Bigelow's right. docked on there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, this is, there's all these little tiny connections, too. Yeah, tons of tons of moving parts, but it's all part of a machine together that helps each other run. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like CERN. A lot of people that seem to be um, magnetized towards CERN. And to me, this is... Is equally as important. Yeah, I would say so. I agree with that. I concur. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> all right. So uh, I hate to be again uh, the, the ruin the party here. But nice one, mate. Yeah, nice one, Lux. Get going. Um, thank you very much again for uh, doing this, uh, Lux. It was awesome. I had fun. Yeah, uh, I was actually yeah, very much looking forward to this episode. I wanted to see what more Lux yeah. had. Awesome stuff. Uh, so, yeah, so I will uh, talk to you soon, guys, and until the next one, yes. uh, later. Thank you very much. Thanks, Lux, mate. Thank See you, you mate. too, Bye. my friend. I'll talk to you soon. All right, catch you later. Bye.